0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have Evan from Legacy Fitness Center down in Tennessee. Evan, what's going on, my man? How are you today?
2: Hey, I'm doing good. I've had a good morning. How about you, Joe? I'm doing
1: tremendously we get to talk about a gym and enjoy our morning so things can't be so bad at least now uh, the the meat and potatoes of why we're here is obviously Legacy Fitness Center and the business aspect of this but I'm a big believer in context first things first for people who aren't familiar with the brand or, or aren't familiar with you tell us a little bit about Legacy Fitness Center how do you describe what this is to other people?
2: Yeah, so you have your typical gyms like Planet Fitness or your, you know, your big CrossFit gyms or your bodybuilding gyms. Planet Fitness is, the way I explain it to everybody, it's just kind of a in everybody's gym. If you're new to fitness or, you know, even if you've been doing this for, for years, uh, we have a little bit of everything from, you know, saunas. Our dumbbells go up to 120 pounds, which is a giant plus if you've been to the gym and you're actively lifting and you know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of just a, for everybody.
1: Yeah, and, and and this has been a fairly long-term existing business. Legacy is, is probably the most appropriate title on this. Take us back a little bit, not necessarily to, to the days that the the doors opened for the first part because it was far before you and I had ever even heard of this, but tell us about how your involvement came to be. This was an existing business and you came in somewhere along the way. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, so the original owners had to close down during COVID times. So right after that, uh, my partners are the ones who, bought the business Um, their father bill was the one who originally you know designed the building the 60 some odd years ago uh and it was kind of a a family hey do we all want to go in on this and let's let's do this that's that's where they were at they did a great job cleaning everything and i had been a member for a couple months and i walked in and i was like hey what's the deal with this what do we what's what's going on what are we what are we looking at uh and I had a conversation and they originally quoted me a price and I was like hey you know it was good talking our numbers are not not the same uh no hard feelings and everything was good and a couple of weeks later they they called me and were like hey you know if you're still interested we'll work something out yeah. uh and that's yeah that's where we've we've left off it's been a pretty good experience so far
1: and as i understand it you come from a business ownership background this is not your first venture although first foray into the fitness industry. Give me a quick kind of comparison contrast of your business experience in other industries compared to the fitness industry.
2: Yeah. So I made an IT company primarily for cybersecurity uh, managed service providing things of that nature. Um, did very well. Everything's still going great with that. Um, I had never taken over or even you know worked with a business that had a physical thing you know everything i do is virtual it's from my laptop and everything so going to this place and being like ah oh, you know wait you have to clean things you have to you have to stock things you <laughs> especially know? in gyms yeah oh the toilet's dirty you have to scrub the <laughs> toilet that was all new for me um in the aspect of you know owning it i was a personal trainer years and years ago um But that was just, hey, you come to the gym, you personal train somebody, you go home. That was a different experience. Never had to scrub toilets or do anything like that. So it's quite the quite the difference.
1: Yeah. In your 10 years so far here, what's been your favorite part about owning a gym? And what's been the hardest part about owning a gym?
2: Oh, man, my favorite part is so when I was a, a member at this gym, everybody who worked at the gym knew every single person by name. Every time I would walk in and be, Hey, you know, how, how you doing Evan? And I was like, that's just so odd to me. Like, you know, you go to any other gym, you clock in, nobody cares. Hey, have a good day, whatever. But these people like took the time to know everybody. And I mean, everybody, we get, I don't know, 80 plus people a day walking in that gym and it's, Hey, good morning. Insert name every single time. So that was, that was my favorite thing. It's just the camaraderie of, of everybody. My least favorite I am very particular about how things are cleaned um, to the point to where it's kind of like, Hey, everybody hold off. Let me, let me do the majority of the cleaning and then we'll kind of kind of teach everybody. But with the gym, it's like, I'll mop the floors. And then a day later I'm like, you got to mop those floors again. Those look, there's track marks everywhere. You just gotta mm-hmm. do it all over again.
3: Yeah.
1: It's, it's certainly a, a process and a matter of systems consistency, yeah, without a doubt, especially in a model like this. And so it's been a handful of months, at least with you here at the helm. Tell us a little bit about the model of this, because it's somewhat different from the traditional Gold's Gym, Planet Fitnesses, like you mentioned We've got the open gym component. People are paying a monthly membership. There are other things that you guys build on. In your mind, which is kind of the the bread and butter service that you guys provide?
2: So hands down, the bread and butter, the the most important thing we do is silver and fit and active and fit. Uh, Those come from insurances. I don't know if you're familiar about this. I don't know if anyone's ever talked about this on the show. but for people 65 and older, their insurance, their health insurance wants them to be healthy. Best way to be healthy is to go to the gym. So they will pay for these people to go to the gym. Me as a gym owner, that's an automatic payment for me. It doesn't matter. It's just they pay. They're signed up for my gym. I get that money every single time. That is by far the bread and butter most important thing. But the issue with that is that is what shut down the original gym. Because we have so many elderly people... Uh-huh. Um, so when something health happens, they're all like, "Hey, nope, not for me, not trying yeah. it." They all cancel, and then it's like, "Okay, well now we have a problem." Opposed to just a younger person, you know, paying the normal amount like you normally would for Gold's Gym or something like that. Uh, so that was the downfall of before of why this place closed.
1: Yeah, and with those type services, the Silver Sneakers, Silver and Fit, whatever the the title is, insurance backed programs. Yeah. You only get paid if those people are using it, if they're checking in.
2: Yes, absolutely. It's a
1: pay-per-use thing, not a flat monthly fee. And that's gotten a lot of business owners in this sort of situation into into trouble. Do you think that your focus will be more on building up those general memberships moving forward? Or let me ask the question, do you guys have room to add to the membership first and foremost?
2: Oh, yes, absolutely. So we offer... Uh, The standard rate is $45 a month. If you're a college student, a veteran, you know, work in nursing, healthcare, anything like that, we discount that to 36, right? Um, So there's plenty of room, you know, there's there's something for everybody there. Uh, We actually just bought flyers. I think we bought 4,000 flyers that we're mailing out. And in the front of them, it's just a very generic, hey, Legacy Fitness is open. Here's our discounts. But on the back of it, it was hand-tailored uh, specifically for seniors. I think it says in, in giant, big, bold, 36 pixel wide attention seniors. Uh, and we just, you know, brought to the attention that, Hey, you know, if you don't know this, if you're paying for health insurance, you could possibly be getting a free gym membership, no Hmm. cost to you. It doesn't cost you a dime other than what you're already paying to the insurance. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. We're hoping that we're drawing in the younger people and that those seniors look at that and they're like, Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah what do you anticipate from this sort of mailer campaign? There's a lot of pro and con to hard mail in the marketing world. Are you, I assume coming from an IT background, you're also pairing that with some sort of digital approach as well. Is that right? Oh yeah.
2: Yep. Absolutely. We got ads. We got the, you know, Google ads, Facebook ads. We just made an Instagram, um, I guess we didn't just make the Instagram. We I took over the old Instagram. We're using. Uh, yeah, we're yeah. using Instagram now. But for the mailer, I expect, I mean, realistically, I think in total it was about $1,000 that we spent for getting... 4,000 of them printed. And then for going, you know, the USPS is right next door to us. I think it's 18 cents a card or something. So I think in total it was a thousand dollars. I think that, I don't know, 90% of people are just going to look at it and throw it away. But it's those 10% that come in that makes it worth it to me because those 10%, you know, you come in and you give me whatever it is monthly, that that'll be profit for a thousand bucks, no time.
1: If you pull 400 people from a mailer, you're going to have other business owners knocking down your yes. door to figure out what you did. Yeah. That's for sure. I think it makes sense. When we talk about marketing, we need to establish a desired outcome before we go with a strategy for you targeting that older demographic. Mail probably makes sense. These yeah. people are still checking mail and they're not necessarily clicking Facebook ads. Yeah. They right? don't like We can't, we can't hit everybody <laughs> with a Google paid adwords and it just doesn't work that way we need to be a little bit more conscious of who we are targeting absolutely decide on a strategy for all of the digital side of this is that done in-house by you guys or are
2: you working this through an agency no that is all done through me uh and christina christina has a background in i'm not 100 sure what she does but she has a a background with advertising she's done it for uh i think she said it was 10 plus years or something um so that's helpful yes oh yeah yeah it definitely i was expecting to come in here and just have to place stones as a foundation she's like nah we already got it we're good to go let's just keep it going so now we you know we work together i'm really good at making the graphic designs for those things she was not uh i'm terrible with wordage she's great with wordage it just works out
1: Sometimes partnerships find kind of natural cohesion like that. And I think yeah. it's rare in the fitness space that we do find technical expertise in things like this. I think yeah. gym owners historically have had a really, really poor outlook on paid advertising, especially in the digital sense, because they attempt it with no skill backing yep. it whatsoever. And then they burn <laughs> the room a bunch of money and are jaded. Yeah.
2: You just throw Beyond a couple hundred point. bucks away. Yeah. Yeah. How, how close to
1: you guys or how close to your membership goal are you? Are we still really, really attempting to fill the, the space or are we getting
2: towards where we want to be? I believe we are, the last time I checked, we were at 596 members. Uh, that's active paying members. Mm-hmm. I want that number to be uh, a strong 700.
4: By, okay, so by the end we of the yeah, still. yeah,
2: it's it's an easy thing, but definitely with these mailers and things. Um, I also bought my own personal cards for the gym. You know, it has the the gym stuff on the front and the back. It has my all about me, personal training, blah blah blah, yada yada yada. That you know, the three of us all went out to dinner to talk about the business, and Rob, uh, that's Christina's husband, pulled out one of his cards and he gave it to the the waiter and. You know, a week later, I see the waiter working out in the gym, and I was like, "Hey, that's it, man! Like, just hand this these out to people, and it works." Yeah. Uh, so that's my plan now. I bought my own cards. So I was like, "I'm going to give that a try. Let's see."
1: Sure. Okay. And and so, like you said, we got to get people through the doors. It's kind of priority number one. Yeah. Take me to the next step in the process here, Evan. Somebody is interested in joining. Who are they speaking with? What does that sales process typically entail for them to eventually sign up?
2: Yeah, okay. So in the morning, we have our opener. His name is Russ. He is a phenomenal, Person. He looks like he's 50. He's 70 years old. I was like, I don't know what your secret is, man. He's just one of the nicest people I've ever met. So if you come in the door uh, early in the morning, you're going to talk to Russ. If you come in the middle of the day, you're going to talk to me personally. And if you come at night, we have a closer. uh, His name is Mike. Same thing. Just a great, really personable, awesome guy. So you come in the door and you stand there and you look like a lost puppy like everybody does at every single gym I greet you I say hey you know how are you doing what can I help you with you say oh you know I'm kind of interested most people are like I was here before it closed I just want to see what it you know what changed and everything I say all right well let's go on a tour and I personally take him around the gym and say you know this is our cardio area um I crack jokes the entire time. If it's a really big, beefy, just muscle builder guy, i am like, hey, we're going to skip all the stuff that I know you don't care about. We're going to go straight to the weight room, just immediately to it. And I take them back and we look at a saunas, the pools, the jacuzzi. I say, hey, we got 33 classes. Take it or leave. It doesn't matter. Uh, that's up to you. And then usually they're like, oh, wow, this place is a lot bigger than I thought. The building does not look big at all it is eighteen thousand square feet it is a a good footprint it is a massive building uh so they're just like i had no idea you had a pool in here and i was like interesting and as i kept giving people tours it was the same thing you have saunas you have a pool you have this giant aerobics room the aerobics room is the size of my gym i'm going to now and i'm thinking like oh wait a minute that's what we got to get out there for people to realize they just don't know um
1: this business has existed for decades and still education is the brunt of our marketing
2: yes for sure absolutely so then you know i take them to a private office and i ask them what they liked what they didn't like uh if they want to sign up uh and if they're hesitant i say look come here for this week for free no charge to you work out for a week if you don't like it you don't like it if you love it you love it come back and we'll talk about it Mm -hmm. um Usually most people just sign up there then and there, and I give them a week free anyway, and then I charge them a week later.
1: Is it you handling a lot of those sales conversations?
2: Uh, yes and no, we have, I'm kind of there as an extra person just because there's busy work that I need to personally do, but we have a lot of other people there. We have a woman named Lisa um, who is phenomenal at it. She is the sweetest Southern woman you will ever meet in your life. I say like, a lot of times I'll give them the tour and whatnot, and I'll be like, Hey, Lisa, they would like to sign up. I'm going to pass them off to you. I'm going to be like, She's the boss. She knows everything. It's funny. A lot of people there just assume I'm like the maintenance man, or like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm
1: just, that's a cleaner. the dream for most owners. I to love not be bothered it. I
2: love like it. It is so nice. Uh, so I hand them off to Lisa, and Lisa, you know, just her sweet southern accent of like, Oh, yeah, I'll take care of them, and everything just works out.
1: Yeah. And so how successful has that that conversion been in your mind? Do we, with the free trial, you mentioned most people are just signing up. Is there room to even improve that beyond?
2: Uh, You know, I really don't think so. Other than me being like, hey, you can bring bring a friend with you for the week or something like that. I would say usually uh, just honest numbers. It's about 85% of people after they get that free week, they're like, man, I've been in your sauna every single day. This is awesome. I'm like, well, cool. Your week's up. And they say, here's my card. Let's go.
1: Yeah. Good products typically sell themselves. Yeah. In models like this, we can make a good amount of money from EFT recurring revenue, like you're talking about, Mm -hmm. but a lot of examples make just as much money from things like personal training, things like nutrition, coaching, is that a focus for you guys at this moment in time?
2: Yeah, that's actually a huge focus. So when I first got on board with this, I was like, what's the deal with the personal trainers? Do we have them? Do they, you know, what, what's the deal? And they're like, no, we, we have them, but you walk in and there's no, there's no board with pictures of personal trainers. The only way people know we have personal trainers is a little sheet printed off on Microsoft Word. So I was like, we're changing that. We're getting cool yes. designs, we're making it flashy. Um, I'm working on now, actually, I took pictures of all the personal trainers. I asked them all, I said, do you wanna be a personal trainer or do you just wanna be a group fitness instructor? And you know, so I'm like, oh, I just wanna do my group classes. I said, okay, you don't need to be on cool. the wall, that's fine. Cool. Other yeah. ones were like, no, I want clients, give me clients. And I said, all right, well, let's go do a quick photo shoot give me your photo. Give me a quick bio. We're going to print it out, throw it up on the wall. It's the first thing people see. Now you say, you want a personal trainer? There's your pickings. Um, with that being said, I have a friend who does the virtual training online. Um, and he really, his name's Austin Johnson. He really took me under his wing, uh, regarding the, the personal training, man. I learned so much from him to the point to where now that is where, attempting to make that a membership. Uh, Uh, So you you pay for it and you get your nutrition's taken care of. All of your, you know, your workouts are taken care of. If you don't know how to do it, there's videos explaining how to do it. So people really like to just roll out of bed, wake up, grab their phone, and their phone says, get up, eat this food at this time, go to the gym. This is exactly what you're doing for this many sets, this many reps. And they just move on. And people... Love it. And we'll pay for it yeah, more yes. importantly. Yes. I think
1: to, to quote or to steal some of the statistics that you mentioned with your marketing campaign, yeah even if we get 10% of people, right? We got 600 people, we get 10%, 60 people. That's a million dollar business by itself. Yeah. This for a lot of businesses in your model is such a missed point. And they just kind of let it happen organically, like you said, if they want it. Maybe it, they come and ask somebody at a desk, but we're not actively focusing on it. Yeah. It's There's there. so much potential here. And it sounds like you guys are at the very beginning of that, at least. Yeah. Look to the future here. We've talked about a number of things with, that you have your eyes on as a new owner of this, but a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, look and where do you see the big picture? with legacy in your mind, at least?
2: Well, I'm hoping that at least this year, I'm hoping January 1st, we get the majority of this stuff squared away. All the finances, all the, you know, hey, this is how we're doing this. This is how we're cleaning. This is how everything's done. Everybody's on board. Everybody understands. You know, example, when you go to Planet Fitness and you see it is 10 o'clock, you see the people from behind the desk get their vacuum. They vacuum the whole place and they go back. We're really lacking in that that just that timed. this is what you're here to do. This is what you need to do. Uh, so I'm hoping by, you know, the end of this year that that's all squared away and everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing when they're supposed to do it. Uh, three years from now, I'm hoping that we'll have another location opened up somewhere. Um, five years from now, you know, that's that's really far in the future. I uh, that's true. <laughs> I hope, I mean, at that rate, that would mean, I don't know, Three locations in total, which would be phenomenal with me. Yeah, it's uh that opens up an entire can of worms
1: that unfortunately we don't have the time to discuss today, but we (laughs) will we'll we'll certainly get you back on gym owners going from one location to two to multiple beyond that. Yeah. There's so many new challenges and and different levels to it. We'll have to pick your brain at some point in the future and and see how that whole thing goes. (laughs) That's a really good place for us to start to wrap our conversation up for today, Evan. But while I still have you here, why don't you tell people listening where they could learn a little bit more about legacy? What's the best website? What's the best social media? Where can people go?
2: Yeah, so if you go to legacyfitnesscenter.com, that's our main website. Uh, that's where most people go. From there it can lead you to the you know, the Facebook page. Our Instagram is also Legacy Fitness Centers with an S. Somebody grabs center. I'm real mad about it, but Damn. yeah, but Legacy Fitness but Centers. That holds you
1: accountable to multiple. Yeah, Yep. Future. So
2: now, now I gotta go. I gotta get more. Uh, again, we're located in, in Hermitage, uh, about 10, 12 minutes away from downtown Nashville. So if you're in the area, come by. Yeah, for
1: sure. I I really appreciate your willingness to contribute and, and be a part of this overall conversation, Evan. I think people in our space have so much opportunity, especially post-pandemic with the rebound of in-person fitness. It's going to be really, really interesting to see how that shapes up for the industry and how that shapes up for you guys at Legacy. So I can't thank you enough for your time and
2: and I wish you nothing but the best women. Yeah, no problem. It was great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in today,
1: thank you as well. Don't forget if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always until next time, Jim Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to this interview, but Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
5: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Ted Harrison with Vital Exercise out of the UK. Ted, what is going on today? How are you doing, man? Happy Monday.
3: Fine. Happy Monday to you. Thanks for having me on. Very appreciated.
5: Yeah. Yeah. We're excited to have you on. We appreciate you being here. And I think we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty here of what you have going on with the vital exercise. So we'll start with the first questions. Um, You know, Ted, how many members are you serving currently? Uh,
3: Well, we work only on um, bookings, you know, we have a booking system and where we are now we have um, we're six months into opening this location that we're in now. Um, I mean, I've been in the, I've been in the business for 40 years, you know? So um, I've had various gyms and this is our sort of dream gym we're in now, the last one. So we're only only six months into building it up. And since we never advertise, we don't do any advertising, we only work on referrals. So it takes longer to build up than it would if you had a big advertising campaign and a mass flood through the door and then keep only 50% of those that come through the door. So we take it a little bit different than a lot of our contemporaries. So gotcha. I guess we're doing so we're looking at workouts rather than memberships because we don't have membership it's just um we our, our people play, pay in blocks of uh 10 uh, okay. 10 sessions at a time so we're running about I think we're about 65 workouts per week currently after 3 months operation which we're quite pleased with really
5: I like that I like that okay awesome and so for you I mean what does capacity look like I mean how much could you realistically handle from where you're at now?
3: Well, I, um, we're looking to uh, get to the point because it's just my wife and myself that, that run the gym. So we're doing all of the workouts. Um, and based on the amount of hours, because I'm now 61 years old, so uh, based on the amount of hours that we want to work, we're probably looking to turn over maybe, I think if we got to uh, 100 workouts per week, uh, that would be, Um, a a reasonable um, goal for us to attain, I think.
5: Gotcha. And for you guys, I mean, how are you able to manage, you know, tracking and understanding how long someone's been with you, where they stand, you know? I mean, how do you understand those metrics?
3: In terms of the client progression or in in terms of uh, running a session?
5: Uh, Client progression.
3: Well, we use um, this, a clipboard, okay. and, a, yeah. and this, and um, we, we, we build in a lot of variety into our workouts with a, with a consistent uh, focus on progression um, and, in some cases, uh, a reduction in workout time. Our sessions usually run about 30 to 45 minutes, so we're quite a compact. Uh, in our in our style um, and we just we main, maintain within reason that everyone is getting stronger over time
5: yeah yeah i think that's great a, a, a great understanding a great metric to kind of track there as well and so uh gonna ask a little bit of a longer winded question here but a good question in itself you know uh what we've been discussing the entire podcast What we use most prominently in the fitness and gym world are going to be three pillars of business it's going to be number one your lead generation which is your marketing getting people through the door. Number two, your sales, which is your acquisition, right? Just getting somebody from an interested client to a paying client. And then you have your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most?
3: Um, It's a difficult question to answer really, because we always liken this the 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 gym to to having it's rather like a restaurant you know you're the 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 food is only as good as the chef and i i don't like the idea of being pushed by numbers and acquisitions and money my my philosophy is to do it over a long period i mean we can all improve i could probably improve in all those parameters you mentioned but i like after so many years of doing it i i kind of want to do it um, the way i want to do it and Um, I I don't want to run a business where my uh, top priority is earning money Um, because I think that kind of skews your uh, perspective to to some degree I understand why people want to do it but don't get me wrong I like um, to to run a successful business too but um, of all the different I'm not sometimes I'm I grew up in the in the sort of traditional gyms back in the 70s you know and um, and as beautiful as our lo- current location is, it's still a gym and it's called Vital Exercise, but I look at it as Ted's gym. And I can and do SAC clients if I'm not happy with their performance and, um, and, and how they are um, representing the gym, then we've, we don't have a contract, we just immediate refund and we, we say, this is not for you, we let them go. So the kind of our, the questions you're asking me, uh, I'm not really sure how that any of it really applies to how I run it because, I, like I say, I, I, um, I respect my clients greatly, um, but it's Ted's gym and they need, to, they need to, to, to live up to that. Because we don't advertise, it needs to be organic. So my customers are like walking billboards. So if they're not following the diet plan and they're not doing the work in the gym, I don't want them in my gym. So we say it's not for you and we let them go. Now that, of course, <laughs> creates a lot slower progression up the financial scale, but that's the way I want to do it. Um, and um, I'm not really happy with the global Globo gym. And I'm sure there's a lot of people on there that that aren't on your podcast. But I'm not. I'm not uh, very happy with that. Um, um, a focus on that sort of lead generation getting as many people through the door as you can I, I, that, that's not really my style you know
5: yeah which are totally okay that's totally fine it's not like you're supposed to be and i appreciate the honesty <laughs> and transparency there and uh last two questions for you here ted my two favorite questions you know what's the bigger picture for you in the next five or ten years with vital
3: exercise um just going back to what you asked me earlier actually is to get that get a, about 100 uh, uh a personal training clients per week and then um, I will be 66 <laughs> years old at that point you're saying so I would like to then take a little bit of a step back and have uh, members of staff that I can trust and hand it over um, to to those people you know I'd like I mean we do very early mornings I'm sure a lot of your listeners do you know we get up at um, yeah. five o'clock and we're in the gym at you know 6 37 um, and then sometimes we work through till eight o'clock at night well I'm not getting any younger. So I'm getting a bit, that's a bit draining. I mean, you, you know, your game, you know what I'm talking about. So um, I think in five years time, what I'd like to be is to take a little bit less hours uh, and also taking a little bit more money.
5: Gotcha. And uh, one last question for you, which is
1: my favorite question.
5: You know, Ed, if you can go back in time here uh, to when you first started the gym, Sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started. What would that advice be for you?
3: Don't spend too much money on equipment. And that's it. <laughs> and that's <laughs> a mic drop of an answer.
5: I'll tell you that. Right?
3: Don't spend too much because if you get in too much debt and if you spend too much money on your, you know, dream pieces of equipment, then you're, uh, your passion, your hobby that you're trying to turn into a living can uh, fast become a nightmare when you can't meet those repayments. So stay within a budget. You don't need to have the best equipment in the world to have a very successful and uh, satisfying uh, studio. There we
5: go. There we go. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode, Ed. But before we sign out, you know, please, if you have any social media, Facebook, website, where can people find out more about you and Vital Exercise?
3: Um, we have a website, vitalexercise.com. Um, and we are on, uh, on, um, Facebook and Instagram vital exercise.
5: There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution on the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind Thanks, sticking man. around for two more seconds, I just want to let you know how you can get the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. I'm just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out over here. Okay.
3: Okay.
5: Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, and join us to talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up, right after this word from one of our sponsors.
6: everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Rosie from Coach Rosie Performance out of Yankton, South Dakota. Welcome to the show. How are you today?
4: Thank you, Brooke Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
6: I am so excited to have you here today and to learn more about what you have going on over there at your fitness business. You have tons of years of industry experience so it's going to be a good show before we dive into the nitty-gritty of the business what you have going on give us a brief background very brief here what was it that led to you opening up coach rosie performance
4: well actually i've been in the business like you said for a long time i've been doing strength conditioning performance for 40 years and um, i was actually with the cleveland browns and we got released which means we got fired uh, from that position so when i came back home i actually was kind of in between gigs waiting to find a strength and conditioning gig, and uh, a friend of mine, a CEO of the hospital, local hospital, said, hey, have you ever thought about starting a training performance company in Yankton, South Dakota, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, cool, yeah, I'll I'll do this for a little bit, because I've run other gyms, and I was the director of a hospital-owned facility, had my own training facility in Texas before, so I thought, okay, well, train some people here for a you know, six six months to a year and then I'll get back into the strength coaching gig again. Um, and it just took off from there. So actually this February is the start of our eighth year here um, where we, you know, set up training programs and, and we like we talked about it before the show, um, everything we do is, is coach based. So there's always a supervisor because I think when I run other fitness centers before, people come in, what I noticed was, you know, they would come in and do the treadmill or cardio. They do a couple of curls, look around and then they'd walk out because they think they didn't have the path of what they needed to do to actually get to their goals for their fitness goals. And so our model is a little bit different is that we don't do just a membership where somebody can just walk in the door and do their own weights or cardio or do that. We're always gonna have a coach, a performance coach, somebody to help them guide them along the way, to hopefully you know, reach, reach those goals that they set for themselves. And, We've had pretty good success with that.
6: I love that. Super cool. So, um, give me—I guess—your um, best elevator pitch of the services that you provide, um, who you are, what you do. I want to get like a really good feel for that.
4: Educate, inspire, and, and promote movement. That's my elevator. That's my elevator pitch. So, we'll do a number of things to go out to schools, to go to clubs, to talk about you know, the education piece. So I always say, I don't need everybody to come here to train, but I want everybody within the community to know that we're here so that if they have a question, whether it's based nutrition, movement, um, recovery, rehab, um it's a place where they're like hey who should i go see i had a knee something happened on my ski trip what should i do well i don't know maybe call coach rosie and his coach you know staff and they can direct you where to get to like we've we built a network of you know physical therapists chiropractors nutritionists that i don't necessarily have to know all those things but i i want to have a good network of people i can send folks so our mission is always let's educate some people if we can educate them then we can inspire them and whether it's We live in a lake community so it's like if you can get out to the lake and kayak if you go walk the trails but we talked about you know this morning i walked the bridge from yankton's in the corner to nebraska and back it's like if we can get people to move that's really what our goal is we can help to inspire people just to live a little bit healthier life that's kind of like i said so the education inspired movement
6: i love that and this is in a group fitness kind of platform primarily right
4: yeah, all of our, um, so we do like adult training boot camp classes. We're actually located in a college field house. So behind me is our weight room. Um, and we like here, we train the college football team. We train all the high school sports in town, but then we also do um, training boot camps. I was at a health fair just literally yesterday for one of the manufacturing plants in town because of the overuse injuries that they have. So we'll help some of those communities and some of those businesses. In that model, too. So, um, yeah, but everything we do is, like I said, let you know, gonna be led by a certified strength and conditioning coach or a performance coach or personal trainer.
6: Okay, definitely understand that. Now, the space itself kind of give us an idea of the square footage.
4: So, right in here, we have about 3,000 square foot in the weight room. But if we go through the doors, we actually have a 200 meter track, we have a half of a turf field, we have two basketball courts locker rooms so the whole facility is it's two years old so when I first started I was in what I'd call about a 5,000 foot foot storage unit Um, when I first went in the guy that they showed it to me I'm like oh my gosh like it literally was a storage unit like we moved old computers and desks out of there and I drove to Texas to get some indoor turf we had a jump floor that we built Um, we got some racks so it was literally like an old warehouse the type of uh, old gym that I used to train in when I was growing up. And then a couple of years ago, we moved into the, um, field house here now where we have access to the whole complex. So it's a 50,000 square foot facility. Um, That's nice.
6: That, yeah. that gives you a lot of opportunity to do some pretty awesome stuff with your clients. Yeah. We can uh, do everything
4: from, you know, low level base to really high level performance um, with some elite athletes that come back and do some stuff to we'll do programming for our we call it our junior movement skills for life program for our little kids third fourth and fifth graders awesome
6: so my next question here is um membership wise how many clients do you have right now how do you track that
4: um we, we track so like i said our biggest base is a little bit different business model is that we train high schools and athletes in high school would be the majority. So, like, during the summer, we trained about 1,500 athletes. I have about 30 coaches working for me. So, not only do athletes come here, we'll send coaches out actually to different locations to train um, athletes. And then we do – our majority of our boot camps are here, but I have coaches that will go to, like – a couple different towns and we'll do adult boot camps there so the parents of our athletes will go hey what can I do to get in shape and we're like well we'll do these adult level boot camps and so we have probably a hundred folks that are doing our boot camps we have a couple thousand athletes that run through our um, athletic program per month um, from a training standpoint
6: that's awesome Um, and you know, with the athletic training, I'm sure, you know, this, you're a smart businessman, here. there's so much seasonality, um, you know, with our athletes, we're always going to have the months where they're in season for their sports and that's slower season for us. But when it's their off season, we're busting at the seams, making more money than we know what to do with helping more people than we know what to do with. And it feels really good. So it's awesome that you can supplement that with the adult fitness, the adult boot camps. You know, you have that to kind of fall back on because there is no seasonality when it comes to general population fitness. We have, we should be able to hit the gas all all year.
4: And and one of the things we did from the education standpoint is help really go out to the schools and implement, talk about the importance of in-season training. So what we're seeing now is like, summer's a really big, busy time, but we contract now, it's like right now, we have six schools that we're doing in-season training with. So even during like the normal down times, <clears throat> we're taking you know the football team, the volleyball team, dance and cheer, um, all the sports. And we're saying, hey, you guys still should be doing something twice a week. And we've been able to educate the kids, the parents and the coaches. So they bring us in even during the week. And a lot of the teams in sports will come to our place or we'll send a coach to their place and even can tap into that in-season training so we don't lose 13 weeks of the football season with the football team we actually go out and train them during that time period too
6: okay that's really really smart
4: but there so, was a big thing um, with the education piece to teach those because like you said a lot of folks are like well it's in season why would I train in season it's like so we had to educate you know the importance of in season and it's a different training model than what we do in off season. Cause they think, well, you're going to kill my kid. He's not going to be able to perform on Friday night and look good. It's like, no, we're going to actually enhance our performance. Just like we do all year long. You know, you wouldn't train for two months to look good for the summer and then right. take 10 months off. It's a year long thing.
6: Yeah. Right. So um, mm-hmm. with that, where do you, how do you advertise yourself? How do you market yourself? How do you guys grow?
4: One of the things when I first came in, I literally, when I first started, got in my car and I drove to every school in the area. I went and visited, um, you know, the Kiwanis Club, the Optimist Club and said, hey, if you're ever looking for a speaker. Well, every one of those organizations are usually going, oh, yeah, we're looking for somebody. You want to come speak on, you know, next Friday morning at six o'clock in the morning at the local restaurant. I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. And that's how we started picking up. Um, from our boot camp standpoint, and then we start, you know, the social media, and not necessarily say come to my gym, but again, to educate folks and say, if you want to get more fit, here's some things you should be eating. Here's some things you should do for stretching, and when you become the source, people said, hey, I saw some, uh, you know, whatever information it was, they would start to reach out to us and said, hey, is there something you can do to help me to get more fit. We're like, well, we actually offer boot camp classes. We also have nutrition supplements. We have, you know, so people started to come to us instead of me chasing them. We chase from that education inspiration standpoint. And we find out the movement sometimes is them moving towards us instead of me chasing different people and different folks because we are so spread out. And something like Yankton is literally has about 15, 16,000 people which isn't a whole lot of people. So our outreach program, when we start doing that, it's what can I do? So we even do like online, we do an online boot camp two times a week. And then we do online trainings. We have an online training app to be able to set up training programs for people that are outside our travel radius.
6: Amazing, you know, all this outreach and stuff, it's great, but it does cost time. And time is the only thing in our life that we can never, ever buy back. Um, so if we're spending a bunch of time doing all of these things, we want to make sure that there's a payoff there.
3: Right.
6: So what have you found to be the most beneficial?
4: Um, re- truthfully is just, to me, it's it's building those relationships because when you build those relationships and just put excellence in what you're doing, the word of the mouth is because if, if I take care, of you come to me and I take care of you, and really help you achieve the goals that you wanna achieve. When somebody goes, God, Brooke, what have you been doing? Well, I've been working with Coach Rosi. And if so, if, if every contact point um, that you can do, I remember this was years ago, I was actually down in Florida and we were in line to go to an event and there was a young gal in front of me, probably 16 or 17 years old. And somebody asked one of the workers a question and the, que- the person was very rude and like the employee was very rude, didn't answer the question, walked away. And the girl in front of me goes, wow, that person missed an opportunity for customer contact. And I was like, because for a 16 year old, I said, wow, where do you work? And she goes, I work at Disney World. And she goes, if we answered a, a, a customer like that, they would get rid of us. Like, she's like, you only have so many customer contact points, and if you can really make that an experience for them. And I always remember that like a 16 year old girl taught me that lesson. And it's like, whenever somebody comes in, you know, it's like, maybe you're not going to use this for boot camps, but if I treat you well, and you, you know, somebody who maybe will and say, Hey, I'm looking to do a group training. You're gonna go, you should go see Coach Rosie. You should go see his staff because they're going to take care of you. So that has been the best bang for the buck. And then the other things I think we do really well is we'll take our education pieces and we, we reboot them right? So if like using a video as an example, we'll do a long cut video. And once that's shot, we can break that into smaller sections and pieces. And now I can reboot some of that video. So once my time's done, we can reuse some of that content. So a lot of the content we do, whether it's a training session or whatever, we do a lot of those things to video it because we're in that market anymore with, and I'm terrible at it. So I have some of my young coaches and even my high school kids will say, Coach, you know, they're like, how come you're not this and this? And they're they're the ones who help us put stuff out. And it's just the information in education. People will find you if it's good content and you really care about those folks. So I think the return on the dollar is, excuse me, I'm fighting a cold here, um, is to really just take care of the people that come into your circle. And the return on that's going to be huge. So I don't always look at it as dollar in, dollar out, but it costs us nothing to take time to be good to folks. And then once our over because our overhead costs are, are set, the more people we can come in and start turning things over. Like for example, for a boot camp, me going out and helping more people. And if my 10 boot campers can get a friend to come and now we have 20 boot campers, my cost didn't go up, but my revenue went up, like doubled in you know, and then all of a sudden those 20 become 40. Those numbers keep increasing. Um, As we go, so like my first year when we did our summer performance camps, we had 120 kids. Like I said, this last summer, we did 1500 kids. Um, So it's, it's just quality products, I think, quality service, and really taking care of the people and caring about the people that you work with.
6: Yeah. So, you know, I think what you're saying, you know, it's true, right? If we have a quality service, people are going to talk and we love when people talk because we're going to have good clients coming in, already trusting us, already know what to expect. It feels pretty good. Um, But, you know, you're you're so passionate about educating and helping. It sounds like you want to help as many people as possible. And so I want to ask you, being that, you know, we're in 2022 right now and it is such a digital world. Everything that people are doing is happening digitally. So, why have you not tapped into the digital marketing, digital advertising side of things for your business?
4: And we we do from a certain standpoint. We don't we don't spend a lot of money doing that. Um, and we might sometime down the road for the, see the need to do that. It just hasn't been. I mean, just from I think what we do in word of mouth and um, ha- has been so great for us right now and it's not saying like you know what we run different things and we'll post different things on all the social media accounts but i think so many people are bombarded by advertisements come to our gym we'll get you in shape come to our gym look how good we look right. come, you know right
6: now i agree with you but you're different right you're not the other gyms but
4: why do you like want to so- be the other why do you want to be the other gyms yeah, i don't want right. to be the other like, yeah you're, so you're, you're, i always tell my guys like find find the comment and then break away from that because what what separates you from every other gym that you're doing because if I don't want to be a and I don't mean this to but I want to be a McDonald's right like I'll ask people all the time is the best burger you ever had at McDonald's right and they're like no I'm like I don't want to be McDonald's I want to be the place where you go you need if like you want the best burger and the reason people go to McDonald's is because they become comfortable with they, you know what you're gonna get when you go to McDonald's right That's why people go to McDonald's. So if you're driving through a town and see Bob's Burgers and McDonald's and you've never been in the town before, you're like, "Ah, I'll probably just go to McDonald's because I don't know what Bob. But if you've talked to 10, 15 people and they go, dude, if you go through this town and you see Bob's, you better stop at Bob's Burgers because that's that's the place to go. You're driving going, dude, I've heard about this place at Bob's. I got to go to Bob's. We just gotta stop at Bob's. Now, hopefully it's a good experience when you get there. So we've taken that and everything that we do, um, you know, from educating parents, educating coaches, educating our kids, um getting into those young programs. So we we do a lot of stuff to the third, fourth, and fifth grade, like I said, our our movement skills for life program. Yes, I wanna impact those kids, but from the business model. If I don't know if you have kids or not, but let's just say you have a, a child who's a third or fourth grader and we can impact your third grader. That I always just say so that kid's mine, right? That kid's going to be mine for the next eight, nine years, whether they go play college sports or not. They're going to be in with us for summer programs, in season training, off season training, supplements. Their mom, you might become a boot camp member. Dad might become a sponsor on some of the other activities that we do. All of a sudden that one person has become a lead in a generation because it's like, we've really taken care of your kid and they're like, I love when we go to Coach Rosie's. Gosh, I love to be there. My friends go there. And now that experience has become from a business model worth $20,000, $30,000 from one family over the course of an eight, nine year period. And if I can just duplicate that model, And you start telling people, say, I took my daughter there and it it was unbelievable. She loves it. So now you tell two friends and they bring their kids, how much media marketing do I need to put out there? Because I think we're losing that personal contact too. And I'm an old dog, right? Um, But that's why we still like, we do some online training because you might have a friend in Colorado and it's like, we can send you the program. Like, I think I'm an okay strength coach and this is you know, like I can put together a pretty good program. I've done it for a long time, but my strength is when you come here, I get you to do things that you think you can't do. And when you do those things you think you can't do, you go, it empowers you as a person, right? So I always say another acronym I use is time, teach, inspire, motivate and empower. So, and it's kind of goes with the learning model, the unconscious and, you know, incompetent unconscious is the part where we have to teach. I want to empower you to get to the part where it's, you know, conscious. You don't have to think about it. You just do it. Fitness becomes part of who you are and what you're doing in life. And that becomes when we start to empower you. Once you empower you, you become our greatest marketer. And you start posting things on media to go, was just at Coach Rosie's, was yeah. just, just got through a, you know, workout, just kicked my booty, but man, I'm excited, was fired up great group workout and so I don't have to post a bunch of videos because 20 people in my boot camp classes posted stuff up on there. No, video. I mean,
6: I, I get your perspective there and I agree with you In that behalf. I mean, our members, their results, their happiness, all of that, that's going to be our best marketing. When it comes to scalability and being able to predict that, it's hard because right. we can't predict that, hey, by this member checking in, it's going to bring us five new members. Like, we don't know what growth is going to happen through that. And so if your business is in, is in a good position where you really don't need to grow to be okay, that's fine. Um, for people listening to this show that are like really looking to, you know, hit the gas and grow because they need to to cover their overheads, you know, solely relying on referrals and word of mouth probably isn't the route to go. And you probably need to supplement that with somebody else, something else in the very beginning to kind of build those plans, build those referrals, build that word right. of mouth. Um, But kind of to pivot, because I want to, you know, I'm such a visionary. I'm in Central Florida. I love Disney World. I want to ask you, Rosie, what would you consider to be your biggest business related goal? Like a magic wand situation. You have this magic wand. I hand it to you. All your goals, all your dreams for your business came true. What would that picture look like for
4: you? That we would be able to like literally impact, you know, 25,000 instead of a thousand and grow our business. So the, the, when we continue to grow our business, we're touching more schools and getting out and doing more and more. And so that's our, our goal is to continue to grow and make those impacts and, and reach out to more programs. And again, I know it sounds like I'm just beating that horse to death, but <laughs> as we come through, it's like you know other coaches are saying to coaches like why are you using them? Like we have coaches here that are strength coaches. It's because of what we do is such a higher level you know like we have coaches go we thought we knew what strength training was but when we see what you do with the kids and everything because I like same thing like how come you don't do nutrition counseling how come you don't do you know a b and c because I don't have time to do that but and if you're a nutritionist and you do that every single day your life I'm gonna say Brooke will you come in and do the nutrition piece for us I don't have to be I just got to know that you know your stuff and you're combined in the same vision that we have and so with my growth is i continue to build my network and one of our biggest challenges is as we grow i got to make sure we don't grow too fast is to make sure that i can bring enough chefs on to be you know, coaches to bring, come on because like i always say is you know there's there's organizations and i've seen them and i know buddies that are there it's like again it's like not like what's a big mac right 12 beef patty special cheese, because on the right? So I don't need, I don't want to cook. I want a chef. So if I told you, Brooke, will you make me a hamburger? Is it going to be 12 beef pies special sausage cheese, you know? It's like I don't need more cooks. I need more chefs because I want them to be able to look at the situation. And so one of our challenges is as we grow and we continue to grow, is to make sure that I'm bringing in coaches who are adequate and that we teach our system but they have also the base knowledge that they can tweak and adapt to the model that they go into. Cause we have some schools with 500 athletes. We can go to another school with 150 athletes. It's still strength and conditioning and performance, but it's completely different. Our boot camp model, when you come in because it's everywhere from a 25 year old to a 70 year old, you better be able to take that exercise and be able to look and go, you know, what's the pattern of movement? What's my progression? And how am I putting this program together? Because I have to be able to progress or regress to take care of those people. And if you can't do that, if you're just a coach coming in going, we're doing three sets of 10 squats, we're in trouble in our program. And we're not going to grow from that. So we, we same thing, we want to continue to grow. But I want to make sure the model as we grow, we can sustain it. We don't ever go into a school or a program and say, we want to be here for a year. We want to become part of that and say, like the schools we've been in, we've been in there, like when we, the first school we were in, we've been in there for seven years now. And my goal is always to say, we become part of your program and part of your community and not just I'm here to train a couple athletes and then we move on and there's a bigger, better opportunity. And I don't know if I'm probably not answering your question in the way that you want it to.
6: No, um, I mean, everybody's goals, everybody's dreams are different and that's where you want to take your business. And I don't think that it's something that's unrealistic for you to impact that number of people, right? For you to get to where you want to go. It is very realistic. Um, last and, thing- and I have
4: friends that do scale businesses, but again, then it, what what I see what starts to happen is it becomes a, a McDonald's model, right? It's a cookie because you have to, to go, you're going to do A, B and C, here's our warm up. Like we don't, we don't go off that warm-up. Here's the work, you know, and then I was like, here's the workout of the day. And this is what we're doing. And if I have five gyms, I'm sending this out. And this is exactly how you're going to do it. Well, you know, I'm an old beat up football player. If I come to your gym and I have to do everything else everybody's doing, it's like, I've had two hip surgeries, a back surgery, um, you know, from working out and it's like, I have to modify some stuff. And if I don't have people in place, I can do that. I can still continue to modify, but you better have a mass community and you better be in a big populated area to hit those, hit the population, get those folks in, I think to your system. Um, and we're so small, we're in such a small community that I want to find a person that I can take and have them be part of our, Ele- we call it Elevation Nation, Right. When you become part of Elevation Nation, I want you to stay part of that group, that team Elevation, for the rest of your life. And even if you're maybe not coming every single week or every single day, you become a member of that community. Because I'm 15,000 people. I can't run through a whole lot of different people because there's just not that population base to do that in. Yeah, no,
6: I I definitely understand your perspective here and i appreciate you sharing that with us finally what word of advice would you give to somebody who is just going and opening up their own facility today
4: i think it kind of comes back is have a plan in place like where do you want to be in a year from now and then just have an understanding of the the whole model of you're running a business like yes, you want to like I want to impact people, but I also understand then the business side and same thing. Like if we're not operating in the black, I can't impact people for very long. So you better have a business model in place of is this sustainable? Like I have a lot of young folks that come to me and say, Coach, I want to open my own gym. We talked about before, and one of the questions I ask them is, you know, what kind of vacuum are you gonna buy? They're like, What? Like what you, you mean what kind of equipment? I'm like, no, what kind of vacuum? Are you gonna have bottled water or you know? Water service? Are you gonna have showers? Are you gonna to have towel service? Like, what are you having? Because it's like, oh, I don't know. Well, you better figure that out. Are you gonna have a cleaning service come in, or are you gonna be there till midnight, being the janitor? So, from the business model, you gotta have all those things laid out. Yes, I want to impact folks and train them, but when the door is closed, I have to clean all this stuff and vacuum it and send out the marketing piece and. How much time and effort are you going to put in? And is that going to be your time and effort? Or are you going to pay for some of that time and effort and have that plan laid out? Because if you don't have it laid out, you're just going every day and you're just kind of winging it. And I think if you try to wing things is when you're in problems. It's just like working out. You want to have a structured plan in place so you're not just working out your training. I mean, Do the same thing when you have a gym. you got to have a plan in place so that you're not just running or business running you. You're running your business.
6: Yeah, definitely. That's a good way to put it and a good piece of advice to share to somebody that's like just step, stepping into this. There's so many mistakes that can be made in this field um, when you go to open up your business. So I always hear, I always appreciate hearing different perspectives like yours from people who have been doing this for a while. Um, what is the website where can our listeners go if they're interested in learning more, Mark, about what you do over at Coach Rosie?
4: Yeah, it's just It's okay. com. just coachrosie.com.
3: Yeah, I and if you go
4: to YouTube and you replace if you call it Coach Rosie or Coach Rosie Performance, like we have a bunch of YouTube videos. If you go to our um, social media stuff, it's usually just Coach Rosie or Coach okay. Rosie Performance
6: awesome well thank you so much for for being here today for sharing your insight I'm, I'm super happy we got to connect um it was a lot of fun and listeners thank you for tuning in don't forget if you want to stay notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe and if you want to join us for an episode here at the Jim lords podcast fill out the link in the description our team will be in touch with you soon as always until next time it's Jim lords out